0: Live from Nashville, Tennessee, this is the Campfire Cafe on the Equestrian Legacy Radio Network.
1: Well, I got a gal at the head of a creek, going up to see you about two times a week. Kids are on the mouth as sweet as any wine, wrap herself around me like a sweet potato vine. Going up Cripple Creek, going on a run, going up Cripple Creek, have a little fun. Going up Cripple Creek, going in a whirl, going up Cripple Creek, see my little girl.
2: boy like a dog on a bone. pull
1: my princess up to my knees, waiting on Cripple Creek whenever I please. Goin' up Cripple Creek, gone on, on a run, going up Cripple Creek, have a little fun. going up Cripple Creek, gone in a whirl, going up Cripple Creek, seen a little girl.
0: Creek in Nashville. I'm your host Gary Holt, and uh, enjoying that song is our co-host Miss Bobby Bell out in Albuquerque. Good morning, Bobby.
3: <laughs> Good morning, Gary. Hey, do you know? Uh, do you know what? Do you know what happens in one day, nineteen hours, fifty-seven minutes, and twelve seconds?
4: I'm not sure. I'm not
0: sure.
3: <laughs> oh, tell me. Tell the me. Start it's the start of the international Albuquerque Balloon Fiesta and balloons oh, wow. are in the air. Yeah. It's I the, bet.
0: Uh, I bet. Yeah, I bet that's and it gorgeous. Looks like
3: we've got, yeah, it looks like we've got good weather and even today there's like no wind to speak of at the moment. Um there's nothing specific about the festival today, but Balloonists are coming into town from around the world, and um, it's always an exciting time here in Albuquerque during the week of Fiesta because people are in their balloons.
0: (laughs) That is awesome. You know, at some point in time, I'm going to get back out there and see that. When I lived in El Paso, I thought I'd try to get up there and never did. So I'm going to have to make it to the balloon festival sometime. That is
3: awesome. Yeah. Well, you yeah. know, you, well, you know, really, know what else
0: is yeah. happening. You know what else is uh,
3: happening. Well, I have some ideas, but you go ahead and tell me what else is happening.
0: The Ameripolitan Music Awards ah, have just been announced, okay. and uh, two of our friends are nominated for Western Swing Female. Stacy Lee Goussay is nominated.
3: Ah. Okay.
0: And for Western Swing Group. Carolyn Sills Combo. And so oh. Carolyn will be joining us next week on live from Nashville with a brand new album. So congratulations Fantastic. to both of those ladies and uh and it's gonna be a lot of fun to see how that goes. That's gonna be in Austin, Texas this year. I think it was at Graceland last year if I'm not mistaken, wasn't it?
3: I know it kinda of moves around and I and I yeah. don't remember exactly where it was last year, but yeah. yeah.
0: Austin, Texas this year, or in 2024. So anyway, those announcements just came out today. So congratulations to those gals. We have an award-winning performer joining us today on the Campfire Cafe. And let's just go ahead and tell our audience around the world who that gentleman is.
3: We are delighted to have with us, direct from Canada, Ryan Fritz will be joining us shortly.
0: All right. We're going to have a great time visiting with Ryan and listening to some great new music from his album, Ranch Folk at Large. But right now, let's take a listen to a song from that album. It's called Cowboys Prayer. When we come back, we'll be talking with Ryan Fritz today on The Campfire Cafe. (laughs)
5: Eight grand for a saddle, even more for a horse. The wage demands that a riding man be his own tax source. Winter nights are long up here on the big North Cal Range. Drinking beer and making gear. Make the cold nights slip away. Break of dawn, he hits. And his pony breaks in two. Colts on ice ain't all that nice, and the first prayer's coming soon. Today he cites the cowboy's prayer. His place of worship is the middle of nowhere. He cheats death a thousand times before his day is through. punching cows. Praise Lord, don't you let me die now. The poor brave Rietta, made from a shorthorn cow. She died along the river breaks where they calf the big herds out. Well, he stripped the hide right there, and down the bank he rolled her sure seemed like a good idea, till her tail caught in his spur. Today he cites the cowboy's prayer. His place of worship is the middle of nowhere. He cheats death a thousand times before his day is through, punching cows. Praise the Lord, don't you let me die now. Fast horses can run a hole in the wind. This rope whirls like a tornado when it starts to spin. Wild steers and wooly broncs best be aware that this cowboy's locked and loaded and riding on a prayer. I swear. worship is the middle of nowhere. He cheats death a thousand times before his day is through punching cows. Praise Lord, don't you let me die now. Oh Lord, don't quit me now.
3: Welcome back to Campfire Cafe on the Equestrian Legacy Radio Network. Today's guest, Ryan Fritz, just gave us his original Cowboy's Prayer from his new album, Ranch Folk at Large. Award-winning songwriter Ryan Fritz writes ranching-type songs with a working Cowboy's flavor, keeping in mind the listener, like me, who never gets to live this lifestyle, Inspired by the trails he rides and living the cowboy way of life, Ryan's riveting voice will captivate you, inviting you to ride with him down the trail of the modern-day cowboy and days of the Old West. Previously, Ryan has released seven albums, each one an individual with unique songs telling a vivid story all their own. Today, we are featuring music from his newly released album, ranch folk at large the ace in his music collection ryan continues to stay busy songwriting performing live shows throughout north america and of course ranching it's been said ryan fritz can handle a pen as well as he can handle a rope please welcome to campfire cafe our good friend and returning guest ryan fritz welcome ryan
0: morning bobby and gary thanks for having me back good morning sir Good morning. Good to have you back.
4: Good to have
3: you
0: back.
6: Well, I, yeah, I kind of—I was just thinking—it's been a—it's been a while since the first time I've been on the show. A few times, and uh, I was trying to think how long, how many years have you guys been doing this show?
0: Well, this is eleven <laughs> years for the show, and I—you know—I don't know when you were on the first time. I should have looked that up, but it's been a while. I'm telling you, we've—we've <laughs> we've covered several albums. I know that. Yeah. Always great well, to have sure you guest on the and, show. Uh,
6: I know all the other artists like myself here sure appreciate you guys, uh,
0: well, you know, keeping the welcome. tunes going. And yeah, thank you. You're cool. very welcome. Well, one of the things that I wanted to do because it has been a while since your very first appearance on the show, and I know we've got an audience that's listening around the world, uh, probably new audience out there since you were very first on the show. Tell us a little bit about your background. Where did you grow up? And were you in a ranching family, and were you in a musical family? How did all that get started for you?
6: Well, a little of both, yeah. So I grew up in southern Alberta, not too far north of the Montana border, and that's where my mom's family, they came up. She came up in a wagon from uh, down in Butte, Montana. They believe they had three or four kids riding in the wagon, and they came up to Alberta oh, and, wow. and started a... Started a homestead there in Lethbridge, so that's where my mom's side of the family is all settled in there. And, yeah, so I definitely grew up around farming and ranching and cattle and and uh, music for sure.
0: Well, who was musical in your family? Anybody besides you? Well, I know your boys are. I know Hoss is. Yeah. Who else? Well, I'm,
6: my mom was actually quite a piano player, and uh, she kind of put all us kids in it. In piano lessons and uh I had a hard time sticking with it it didn't work too well for me and my dad is a my dad is a real certified dashboard singer he sang all the time in the in the pickup <laughs> growing up so I think that's probably where I learned to sing more than anywhere
0: oh wow. wow well who were your who were your musical influences growing up were you listening to cowboy music were you listening to uh the Beatles who were you listening to what kind of music I
6: guess yeah. First of all, it would have been just, you know, the country radio at the time, you know, in the eighties yeah. was still a good country, what I call, you know, and dad right. had a massive, a uh, huge record collection, you know, Waylon and Marty, all the good stuff. And, uh, for sure. And I can, I can recall when my dad first introduced me to Ian Tyson's music, which is, you know, the biggest influence in my, my writing and singing and, uh, I can still remember the days he was singing on the line to Cowboy pride and told me you need to wow. know this guy. And
0: yeah. And that uh, just stuck with me. I was hooked. Wow. Well, while you mentioned Ian, you guys yep. became pretty close. Tell us a little bit how you got together and, and the relationship that you had with the famous Mr. Ian Tyson.
6: Kind of a fluke, really. You know, you know, Growing up here in Alberta, Ian, of course, did a lot of concerts and, you know, anytime there was a, some kind of a benefit or, uh, for, uh, for ranching or anything to do with pipelines coming in, Ian was a part of, or, and I got to get in on some of them shows and even I'd sneak into some of the saloons he'd be playing when I wasn't even old enough. I'd get in the back door and listen where I could. And, uh, so, I mean, that was just, that's what I grew up on and, uh. You know, and then as I started performing, we'd bump into each other, and, and which is always a big, big honor. And uh, got to meet him a few times over the years. And then when we moved back to Alberta uh, about six years ago, then we ended up moving just a couple miles down the road from him. And uh, yeah, we just uh, became fast friends and close. And I really it was just quite an honor to be his friend and be able to go over there and and. Uh, sing all uh, my favorite songs with him, of his, and, and share my own and, and work on songs together.
0: I mean, that's a, wow. It doesn't get much better. Wow. I mean, there are so many people that would be envious of you right now, right now, having been able to spend that time with him and to perform with him, sing with him. You know, I guess you guys sing around the, the living room in the fire, you know, occasionally. But,
6: uh, we did. What yeah, a privilege and sure. honor. And uh, you know, a few times when I was playing locally he'd he'd show up and, and sing a couple with us and yeah, it was it was really great. I'm just oh. it's still amazing, uh you know, the things I got to learn from him and, and continue to just by listening to his music and you know, listening a little harder and picking up some of those little hidden magic things that he put in his Tyson songs. Wow. Wow, wow.
0: Well, great, great guy, great performer. And, uh, Bobby, the only thing I regret is we never got him on the show. I would love to have had him on the show sometime. Yeah. Mm
4: -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well,
0: let's get to some more music from ranch folk at large. Ben Tyner. Tell us about Ben Tyner.
6: Ben Tyner, yeah. This was a, a cowboy that went missing up in British Columbia. And uh, he was working on a ranch uh, up in the Nicola Valley there around Kamloops, which is the kind of the central, southern central part of the province. And it's big ranch country, uh, big dry hills, and and then they have large ranges. So that's where I I spent a lot of years out there, cowboying places like Douglas Lake and the Gang Ranch. And uh, this particular ranch he worked on, even my dad worked there. Wow. uh, So I have a lot of ties to that. And uh, he went missing just right out of the blue. You know, he'd moved up from Wyoming and took a, a job there managing the ranch, and he hadn't been there too long. And uh, he disappeared, and they have no clue. He was, it was sort of set up where, uh, you know, it looked like he'd been out riding, and his horse, you know, was saddled and wandering. And this is the dead of winter, so it was... Wow. There was a lot of unanswered questions and it still is. And it kind of hit home with me at the time when I first heard about it because my son was out working on a ranch out in that area. And I just, it hit me hard. Kind of thinking, you know, if that was my son or someone I knew. Yeah. I didn't know him. But, yeah. Uh,
0: yeah. And, uh, Well, let's yeah, take I'd, a uh, listen. Yeah. Let's take a listen yeah. to Ben Tyner and come sure. back and visit more with Ryan Fritz today on... Campfire
4: Cafe
0: Gather
5: round listen there's a story needs told A cowboy's gone missing from a range so cold No tracks, not a trace, just a horse running
4: loose
5: Saddle and bridle on his good case And her presence on the scene may belie her, But horse eyes hold the truth to the vanishing of Ben Tyler. From his home in Old Wyoming to the Swakum Mountain Range, To manage a ranch in British Columbia, it isn't all that strange. Cowboys are cowboys Wherever you may go Now one of our own is missing And somewhere someone knows Prayer in the wind Reach across the sky Make your way to our lost rider Leave a lamp in the window tonight For Ben Tyner. Fishes from the get-go. The Mounties finally say nothing's adding up here. The cause, foul play. Criminal investigation, search and rescue underway. A massive operation of trackers, dogs and planes. The winds low cold in the high hills. Wolf is silent as a night chill Hearts are breaking like the ice will And the ice will Prayer in the wind Reach across the sky Make your way to our lost rider the window tonight for Ben
4: Tyner
5: Was it all a setup? Was the horse there just for show? But who would know to do that? Somewhere someone knows. The searchers turned up nothing. More questions unexplained. Cowboy crew and TV news moved on to other things. Old ranches have their shadowy past, but this brother of the West went missing on January 2019. And somewhere someone knows. Prayer in the wind reach across the sky. In the window tonight, for Ben Tyner Leave the lamp in the window tonight. Old Ben Tyner Ben Tiner.
3: Ben Tiner. Written and performed by Ryan Fritz from his brand new album, Ranch Folk at Large. And uh just an example of the storyteller that Ryan is in his music. Um, welcome back. We are talking with our special guest Ryan uh this morning on Campfire Cafe. So congratulations on this album, Ryan. It's really wonderful. Um Tell us, can you give us a little bit of backstory and sort of how it came to be and and it has 14 tracks, maybe a little bit about how you chose what you put on it?
6: Sure. Well, you, you know, for me, some of the best part of the you know, when you grow up or when you live out in the ranching country, it's it's weather and landscape and the characters, you know, it's really the people that uh that are shaped by where they live and what they do. So that's where a lot of my inspiration comes from. It's just, uh, that's for me what I like to write about and, and can't help write about is the, you know, the stories of people live in it. And uh, this one for sure, this Ben Tyner song, I was just kind of glad to keep a little awareness about uh, his disappearing, And uh, yeah, so ranch folk at large, it's, it seems every song is about about someone that's living in it, and uh, especially my grocery store song too. So I thought, I know. you know, you got to watch out for these people. When they're pretty fine when they're in their own environment, but you get them out of their own environment, you better look out. So
3: <laughs> I thought
6: we, I yeah, thought that, that deserved fun. a warning sign. <laughs>
3: Oh my goodness. So um, during the COVID years, uh, obviously you're still ranching, you're still, you know, having life probably more or less normally, um, maybe not a lot of live performing. So are you, has have, have things sort of come back, I won't say normal, but are recognizable in your life um, uh, since we're sort of past the emergency situation of covid
6: yeah, like we were up here, you know, in Canada, especially in Alberta, we were really locked up pretty tight. And uh, and then last spring, I guess it was March, when, you know, things opened up and then it was just, yeah, it was really great. I just had lots of, you know, in the last year, lots of great opportunities for performing all over the place. And it's been nice, nice to be back doing that. So, yeah,
4: yeah. between the ranch and
6: then yeah. uh, uh, going to play here and there in different out of the reach places. It's I'm pretty fortunate.
3: Mm-hmm. I see you're you have a really wonderful event that's sold out. It's been sold out for a while, October 14th. Um, and I'm sure that's going to be very, very special, even though it's sold out, you want to take a moment and just tell us about the plans for that night.
6: Sure. Yeah. We're, we're, uh, putting on a concert, uh, a night of all Ian Tyson songs. And, uh, Ian for a lot of years held a concert uh, in the fall uh, here at Longview, and it was just a big part of the the community. And uh, also people came from all over corners of U.S. and Canada to come to it, and they did it, you know, three or four nights of shows. And uh, you know, of course, that hasn't happened for quite some time. And and uh, even though Ian's gone, uh, the songs are. I always said like mm-hmm. he's built, he's made these songs to last, like to me, mm. to me, you know they're they're as part of our Western culture as some of the originals, like old paint and things like that and And I just mm-hmm. think it's important to keep those songs going so uh yeah, I just had the idea of putting this concert together and talked to some of his band members that played with him for a lot of years, and uh three of them in particular, that had a band called The Gourds. If they're all gourds, of course, named. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, they were uh, they were quite willing to to come in with me and and Tom Moon is gonna be playing drums for us. So it's gonna be a great night playing all all these good mm-hmm. old favorite Ian
0: songs.
3: really, really awesome, fun. Awesome, awesome, um, awesome. awesome. Yeah, Gary, what Gary, what do you have queued up next? Maybe he can. Well, tell
0: because us. because of the fact we've been talking about Ian a couple of times, so let's play "Sending You My Love." Tell us a little bit about this song.
6: Oh yeah, so this one uh, this one was uh, born during the COVID era when we were locked up, and you know I'd uh, go over to Ian's once or twice a week for sure, and you know a lot of days we'd sit there and have a coffee or we'd have something else, maybe a little stronger.
4: <laughs> <laughs>
6: and uh, you know <laughs> some days we'd we'd play music, And other days we might just read some good old Western, you know, some historic books. But one day we're at the table there. And I had uh, I was playing his old Martin guitar and just going through some songs and he had a cleaning lady there and, and she was just doing her thing and she said, Ian, you should write a song about your your new granddaughter you know, and Ian had wrote one for his daughter Adelita uh, you know, when she was a child and so she thought, Well this would be cool if you could write one for your granddaughter now And Ian was like, Yeah, he wanted to and just you know, at that time words and things weren't flowing for him. So he just said he hadn't been able to. So I was sitting there with the guitar and I said, just keep talking Ian." you know, and he was talking about where she lived, his daughter lives in Texas and you know, how far away uh, they were. And at that time we couldn't cross the border, you know, with COVID restrictions. So, you know, he was wondering if he was ever going to get the chance to see her. Yeah. So at the same time, me and Ian are about 40 years apart. Uh, my oldest son is having his first child. So I'm going to be a, I'm going to be a granddad too. So we're both getting this at the same time. So I took all that and I just thought, okay, I can write this song. And I just thought about uh, the grandchild I was going to have. And uh, with Ian's situation, I just started putting some words together and, and this song. So I, I went home and got the words and then I had a scrap of a tune. And then the next week I come back to Ian's with this and, we spent the whole winter just just putting this song together like it was like a saddle. You know, when you build a saddle, you lay your seat and you might carve a little away, this and that, or and you're adding as you're building it. That's so kind of how we put this song together, and it was pretty cool. It uh, really gave him something to, to look for week to week, and he was really happy with it. And everyone that came by, he'd tell him all about this song. So uh, I recorded it and put it on this new album, and I dedicated it to my granddaughter and Ian's.
0: Wow. Wow. Sending you my love. Wow. Very, 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 very special. Let's take a listen to Sending You My Love. We'll come back in just a moment on the Campfire Cafe.
5: Dear little one, you were born at a crazy time on earth. Sorry I couldn't be there That special day your birth And I may not be around much To help and watch you grow So here's one thing I wanted you to know I'm sending you my love Sending you this wish She comes with a
4: star.
5: Sending you my love And a way to chase your dreams And this little song of course I'm sending you my hope One, don't worry, you're in good hands Cause your mama loves you so And your daddy's grown to a fine man you might see me riding In the clouds drifting by Da
4: sending you
5: my love, and a way to chase your dreams, and this little song of course, I'm sending you my horse, la da da. Our horses
0: Sending you my love That's Ryan Fritz It's a co-write with the great Ian Tyson I gotta ask, Ryan, did he ever get to see that granddaughter? Yes, he did Yep Oh wow, yep. that's great! Yeah, that put a big great. smile on his face. I bet, I bet. Well, a couple of different things I want to ask you about, and uh, and you've got a lot of horse songs. That one's <laughs> sending your horse along with your love. Yep. Do you have a special horse that you like to use and ride, or you just have a remuda and work all of them? What's your deal? Yeah,
6: well, I got a couple of steadies and then we have a a small little cavy here at the ranch that we draw from and you know you kind of pick one for each job. If you're just going on a yeah. on a big long tour, a big circle, then maybe you don't need the smartest one in the pack, one that can travel and you don't have to pedal them to get home <laughs> at the
0: end of the day. So All yeah, right. you just
6: got kind of to pick pick the one for the right job.
0: Okay. All right. But you don't have one that's just your favorite horse because he's your favorite horse. Because like I did, you know, Rio became my favorite horse, and uh, when I lost him, it was a big loss. But but do you ever get just really attached to a horse because? Oh, definitely,
6: definitely. Because uh, you know some of the the jobs that you do out on the ranch, and especially I work alone quite a bit now, and uh, you know them horses they look after you, and you're out maybe in a tight situation roping or something you know you you depend a lot on them and and uh dealing with different you know we have a lot of wildlife here bear and wolves and stuff and so yeah you really you do get attached to them and when you got a good one like that yeah Uh, Yeah. maybe you maybe
0: get the odd one you want to feed to those other critters but
6: (laughs) for the most
4: part
0: uh, um, i've had some of those too i I sent i sold that one and sent it up north though i sent it up north where it's cold (laughs) Yeah. Anyway, yeah. I, well, I just had to ask that question. I'm going to get to another song. This one is called Having a Horseback." And oh. uh, any story about this one you want to share with us? I uh, just
6: yeah. I was just out here. I mean, if you ever ever seen any of my photos that I put on my Facebook, you know, the country that I ride in, it's just it's just beautiful ranching foothill country. And you know, once in a while, well, I try to make a point every once in a while and getting up somewhere and and taking it in and appreciating it. And, uh, you know, sometimes in your mind too, you, you, uh, think of the old days and things like that. And, but for the most part, you appreciate it when you, when you get the opportunity to ride in, in good and big ranch country. And this one, I was sitting up top and I just remember looking around and, and almost the, the photo of it stayed in my mind while I, while I wrote the song, uh, back at home, I guess later. And, it's just uh, it kind of tells a story of being out in that big country.
0: All right, this is Heaven on Horseback. We're visiting with Ryan Fritz. We'll be back on the Campfire Cafe. Heard around the world on iHeart Radio, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and most other streaming platforms. Just look for Equestrian Legacy Radio.
5: The jagged hills and slopes, it's good cow country, few fences and few folks, where history and industry are woven in the grass Out here in the middle of nowhere There's heaven a horse by Riding circles on a horse that likes to buck Swinging reins, damn few brains in a case of wonder lust It's sunlight in the early morning, or snow piled on my shaft Pays a thousand bucks a month, man, and it's heaven a horseback a tin in my pocket and a song in my head. I'll throw a leg over and ride till I'm dead and I'll lose myself again. Out here making tracks, living underneath a hat. And coyotes cry Sometimes the wind don't blow And it's best if you don't think Of all the things you don't own But you've got to chase the dream down You know it won't chase you And you won't regret the loops that miss Just the ones you never
4: through
5: With the my pocket, and a song in my head, I'll throw a leg over, and ride till I'm dead, and I'll lose myself again, out here making tracks, living underneath a hat, having a horseback,
3: from his new album, Ranch Folk at Large. Ryan, um, lately we've been asking our guests over the last several weeks to to share with us mm, a road story. (laughs) Um, Of course, it has to be something the general public can listen to easily, but um, have you had any adventures on the road uh, between performances or you know, any weird things that happen that would be a great story to share.
0: (laughs) He just thought of one. I could tell. He just thought. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I better not share that one. (laughs) 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 The one that's making me
6: laugh. I can't share, but,
0: uh, we have that happen occasionally. Yeah. We have that happen occasionally. (laughs) Got to be PG, you know? So yeah,
6: exactly.
0: Yeah.
6: Yeah. Uh, nothing, well, yeah, nothing too wild. We did get stuck. Uh, well, I won't I won't tell you the wild one. Let me put it that way. But uh, I remember getting stuck in a place called Buffalo, South Dakota, once. And we'd uh, we were coming through uh, coming from Wyoming. We cut across the Black Hills. We hit a little bit of snow, and uh, you know this was. I guess we didn't have a phone, or the phones with the, you know, the warning and the weather. This, and I remember getting stuck in a boat. It just got deeper and deeper, and we had our van. We were traveling in, and we got stuck in this town with about two or three feet of snow, and there was no hotels or nothing. And,
4: uh, oh, wow.
6: We went. There was one little cafe open, and a couple hunters in there, and we're kind of all in the same boat. And this uh, guy that owned the cafe, he actually phoned someone that he knew in town and just told them their situation. And this, yeah, a couple opened their home to uh, – my me and my family and then a couple wow. of hunters as well. So I thought that was oh, pretty, wow. pretty special. Yeah, wow. Yeah.
0: yeah. So we'll, it is we'll, special. Yeah. We'll keep it PG. There's a PG. <laughs>
4: <laughs> you know,
0: I imagine, I imagine when you're out on the road that you meet some pretty, pretty interesting characters. And, uh, and, and oh. then some characters like this family that just kind of opened their house and said, come on in. You know, it's kind of a, really, kind yeah, of you a really special do. thing.
6: And, and really really, when you're traveling on your own too
0: is when you really get to meet people.
6: And, you know, lots of times if you do go into a, you know, a cafe or a bar by yourself and maybe there's that one other guy sitting alone that probably nobody else wants to talk to, but if it's the one chair, that's where you sit. And I'll never forget that. <laughs> Uh, down in nevada and uh ended up sitting with this old guy that seemed pretty cranky and geez we had coffee and you know and told he told a lot of his stories and he'd been in the service for a lot of years and uh, they just turned out to be you know he had quite a heart of gold beneath you know the exterior there so yeah you just meet characters all over it's pretty neat you
0: know. it's pretty a neat deal pretty neat deal well the road stories thing came about because mm-hmm. we had a lot of uh a lot of musicians and performers over to the house one night sitting around the dining room table and everybody started telling road stories and we were just dying i mean we were just cracking yeah. up and i thought you know yeah we could see dad that to the show that's so much fun yeah but uh no, exactly uh, everybody's got bobby one you're gonna sure. they do they're gonna happen bobby you know mary kate has never been a drinker right right she's never been a drinker And uh, so I'm not going to tell the story because I cannot tell it like she does, but you'll have to ask her about the uh, mango margaritas in Genoa, Nevada, when she performed out there last year and what happened with that. Funny,
4: funny Uh. stuff. Funny, funny stuff. I think oh, there's God.
3: actually a song in there, Ryan. Just let your mind imagine what could that <laughs> story be. There's mango a song margaritas. Be written. <laughs> yeah.
0: Mango mango margaritas. Okay, oh, right, right. we're going to have to get to some more music here and come back yeah. and talk some more with Mr. Fritz. And uh, this one's called Best Hard Ride. Let's take a listen to that. and We'll be right back on the Campfire Cafe.
5: Five gooseneck trailers Horses tied on the side Parked down in the hills of glory Waiting for daylight It's a long push over Deer Creek Pass Where the cattle need to go Neighbors wouldn't miss this day The best hard ride they know Light is coming And horses silver bitted it up There's more gear than a trade show here Our hands are double tough And it's gonna take some riding It's gonna, gonna take, take some time. time It's gonna take horse sweat, grit And the fabby hand and kind For every misery But the country is so fine Everyone feels blessed to go Best hard ride they know Henry blew
4: stirred
5: His horse blew a shoe Bucking through that boggy cross, and now three's gonna have to do. One cat has got no mama, running hell-bent for the brush. A hungry loop swinging after him is gonna feed young Buckaroo up. And it's gonna take some riding, it's gonna take some time. Take horse, sweat, grit, and the savvy hand for kind Temporary misery, but the country is so fine Everyone feels blessed to go to the best hard
0: Ranch Folk at Large and I listened to the whole album as we're getting ready for the show and folks I got to tell you there's not a bad song on this album you're gonna have to add it to your collection Ranch Folk at Large Ryan Fritz but Ryan um, you can pay me after the show for that plug I just gave Thing, but but I, I did I, had, I did have a question. Uh, you perform a lot back here in the states, and I know you perform at Alpine, you perform at Alco, other other locations. What mm-hmm. is the process to be able to perform uh, coming from Canada into the United States? That's that's one part of the question.
4: Mm-hmm.
6: Yeah, it's it is pretty tough and expensive. Like you got to start your paperwork probably three months before, three to four months before you have your concert date. And uh, we you know, you have to, we join the music union, and so they represent you, and you fill out an application that goes to Homeland Security in the U.S., and if they approve where you're going, everything checks out, it comes back. And yeah, it's about five, right now it's about 500 American, and uh, plus a little processing fee in Canada, and they're actually talking. Oh, about, wow of jumping that up to about 2,000 to 2,500 Americans.
7: Wow. Wow. And
6: so that's, it's, uh, it's, yeah, there's, there's a lot of talks going on right now, uh, you know, of course, with music union and people around the world that do perform in the U S and venues in the U S actually don't want it. Cause they, you know, they want the entertainers from all, all over as well. Yeah. yeah. But So we're kind of hoping that it doesn't go up any higher. If you, If you have all your shows, like for a year's time, you can put them all on that work visa. But lots of times, like I'll get, you know, maybe booked for Elko in January, February, and then three or four months might pass and I'll end up going somewhere else down there. Well, I'd have to apply for it and get a pay for another visa. So it's, yeah, Yeah. it can be costly, and then you got to add all that into your, your performance
0: fee as well. Yeah. Well, I know I know I've had performers from Canada that have come and performed at events that I've put on, and and they have to send me the paperwork and I have to start filling stuff out and then get it back to them. And and i but I was not aware about the, of the fees that are involved in that. Mm-hmm. And uh, mm-hmm. wow, wow, what is, what a
3: that's what thing that's that's so interesting. Our friend Clint Bradley in England uh, is just impossible. I mean, it, he does. It's like not. It's not even. It's not even something he can approach on how yeah. to get here. <laughs>
4: yeah.
3: So very Pretty interesting. Tough. Yeah. Pretty yeah.
0: tough. Well, I was just. I was just curious, and and the second part of that question is is that uh, the Canadian arts are really really great about helping to support the artist, and uh, and so they actually help finance some of the albums and some of the other things, don't they?
6: Yeah, if you uh, if you're good at at handy and getting into your grant programs and computer, and, and uh, you can uh, actually get quite a bit of it paid for. I never get that far ahead, so I I tend to just finance <laughs> my own. But,
4: uh, <laughs> uh, good.
0: but put uh, fond to work. Maybe put fond to work on yeah, that. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah. Well, I have I've got a lot of friends from Canada that that actually take advantage of that. And so I, I just thought how great it is that Canada and the arts are so involved with promoting their uh artists. So that's just a pretty cool deal. A little bit different from here in the United States. Yeah, no, they really do. Yeah, there's quite yeah. good support. Yeah. All right. I'm going to try to get to a couple of more songs and so we've talked about horses. So let's talk a little bit about Hackamore horse. Tell us about Hackamore horse.
6: Yeah, that's one of my favorite off the album and uh when I was a kid, one of my dad's friends an old cowboy he'd, he uh, he was a braider and he'd make these hackamores and and we've got a few of them still and and uh they're just a, a whole different it's a whole different way of horse training, you know, if you want to get on with hard and heavy hands, it's not going to work out too well for you cuz you're going to train your horse to be as tough or they you can't be tougher than them. so they're gonna they're gonna help maneuver you and so when you're using them it's kid hands you've got to be light and have that connection with the horse and it's not for every horse and it's not for every rider using a hackamore yeah and uh, you know there's some i've always really enjoyed some of the fine hackamore trainers of the states and california seems to be there's a lot down there and uh, very no, very, very so in the inspiration for the song. Yeah. All
0: right. For sure. Another great song from the wonderful album, Ranch Folk at Large. We'll be back in just a moment on the Campfire Castle. <laughs>
5: Like a herd strung out forever Over rock and the sage And the slopes where a cow horse is king When a young cowboy rides And he tries Dreaming of forgotten ways He searches his old memory For anything might have heard the old vaquero say If you want to make a hackamore horse, You've got to have a feel through the rain Respect for the mind Let him find A balance that we all crave And to spin with the best Use for net We had a roping on the open of the California
4: shore,
5: I can more hope. Or saddle to sit Dark hooves a long stride A good mind He's gonna get you through the hardest ride But right from the start you both got to show That you've got the kind of heart If you wanna make a hackamole hole Got to have a feel through the rain, respect for the mind, let him find a balance that we all crave, and he'll spin with the best, with the nest, Riader open on the open range of the California shore I a more home. On the California show Hack-a-mole, hack-a-mole, hack-a-mole Got to make a hack-a-mole ho Hack-a-mole, hack-a-mole Making me a hack-a-mole host
3: more horse ryan fritz from his brand new album that you absolutely must have range folk at large (laughs) ryan please tell our audience where they can find you your schedule all of the albums that they should really have all eight um all of the albums where can they go
6: sure they go to ryan net and i've got all my albums and they still spin CDs. They can order them from there. And then, of course, all the digital platforms, Spotify, Apple, and other places that you download. You can find my, my eight albums there. And then, uh, yeah, we have some updates on the website. Um, try to put shows on there as they come. And uh, looking forward to will uh, be going down to Elko in the uh, end of January.
4: Mm-hmm. Be a featured
6: performer there again. Yeah.
3: Yeah.
4: It's going to be cold. It's, it's going to be
0: cold yeah. and snowy. Got <laughs> our Farmer's Almanac says more snow weather, cold weather this winter. So it should be a great show. should be a great yeah. show. For sure. Ryan, yeah. you are just so much fun to have on the show. And uh, we've talked with you when you've been out rounding cattle up and giving calves an enema and all kinds of different stuff. So it's
4: <laughs> <laughs> whatever you're doing. Well, <laughs> yeah, you
0: never know uh,
6: when you- we when never you get a know. Hold of me, you never know. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Well, I appreciate that's right. you guys are great. I appreciate you guys. Uh, yeah, featuring my album here and the, all your audience there. Thanks for listening, everybody. And yeah, check out my album. I'm pretty happy with this
0: one. All right. Well, we appreciate mm-hmm. you. We're going to close this with uh, "Cowboy Life." You win again. Tell us about this one.
6: I think it's just kind of a. Whether you're a rodeo cowboy or or a ranch cowboy, it's in your blood. And uh, if your your spouse is going to find that out, that uh, your love for the life seems to win over certain events from now now and then. So I think that's just uh, the long and short of it. So okay. this is definitely a rodeo. This is more of a rodeo song for sure, though.
0: Yeah. All right. Well, I love the song. We love the album. Ranch Folk at Large, Ryan Fritz, has been our guest. Ryan, thanks so much for being with us today. Thanks, Gary. Thanks,
4: Bobby. Well, he can ride high,
5: and mighty fine, with his daddy's spurs on his boot. Burning a check on a hurricane deck and respect round the bugging shoes. His mama cries before each ride. She hears him call his name. she pray out loud. Boy, she's proud, but she curses the rodeo
4: game.
5: Whoa, that boy can ride. With the spurs raking away, I'm bucking for shine
0: work. When we come back, we'll be talking with Backcountry Horsemen of America on Saddle Up America.
8: I'm glad to be anywhere But there's a place I like the best On the chilly side of paradise In the great and grand old west And I'm a lucky boy That's where I'm from And that's where you can find me When it's all said and done And I've seen the green of Tennessee The colored lights of a New York night Stood in a red sunset on the beach In Texas in the moonlight But nothing sets my spirit free And no other color can do Like the wind the mountain we used to ride, and girl there with the sun in her hair, and Colorado blue in her eyes, yes, and when I'm away from my native state, and the dreams ain't come A homesick business Sorry face A so trashy his own you. Well you can call that Colorado
4: Blue
0: Mr. Gary McMahon, Colorado Blue is the song, and now welcome to the show, Mr. Greg Schatz, who is the Youth Chairman and on the Executive Committee with Backcountry Horse of America and Greg, I think you have five, four attractive young ladies with you today.
1: Yeah, so there are four women that have came up in our youth program of, in various degrees, and they're excited to be here.
0: Welcome, ladies. Hi.
1: Thank,
9: you. thank you. Well, thank you so
0: much. <laughs> Great to be here. You're very welcome. So, Greg, why don't you just go ahead and uh, uh, introduce everybody to the girls?
1: Okay, so the young women with us today are Allie Pike, E. Beth Spradlin, Savannah Duter, and Emmy Sauer.
0: Well, we're so glad to have all of you with us, and we are looking forward to hearing what you have to say about Backcountry Horseman America, and maybe uh, uh, about Greg as well. Just to teach about that, Greg.
1: (laughs) I, I pay them enough money that they, they need to be nice to me for today. Okay. All right. All Just
4: right.
1: All right. So,
0: Greg, tell us a little bit about the program that you've got for the youth with Backcountry Horseman America.
1: So when the Backcountry Horseman started in 1973, there was a plan to eliminate stock use in the Bob Marshall Wilderness. And we feel that is the premier stock wilderness in the United States. And so the, basically the purpose of backcountry horsemen is to keep stock use in the backcountry. And we realized that unless we have a very focused program to draw young people in, we're going to all die and there won't be anyone using the backcountry anymore. And so (coughs) our purpose is to, our purpose is to inspire youth to cultivate a land ethic, promote stewardship and engage in our community through the use of horses and mules in the wilderness. Um, We do this with, Mentorships, friendships, meetings, and projects, and dinners, and stuff like that, and they all get involved the best they can, depending on what time allows for in their personal life. and And we thought going around and having them explain what inspires them about backcountry horsemen and being horseback in the back in the wild country would be a good idea. Okay, all right. So We're that, looking forward to so hearing that. 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 Would you like to start, Allie?
10: Yeah, I'd love to. Hey, Gary. So, um, Hi. Yeah, I, I think one of the main. Hey, let me
0: ask where are... where where are you from, Allie? Where are you from?
10: Oh, I I'm, so I'm from Texas mostly, I guess. But I came up to Montana because it felt like home the most. And um, I started out on trails and learned about packing through trails. And lack thereof, because I didn't get packed in at all. And then I found out about packing. What the heck? So that's how I kind of got involved and uh, wanted to really pay it forward to the next generation of trail workers and all the people that work out in the forest, and um, both packing them in myself with Greg, and then teaching uh, more and more people how to get into packing, because it's such an awesome skill that's dying out and I'd love to see it continue on
0: well I know that packing is a, a art that's becoming lost for a big part so I'm I'm so tickled to find out that Backcountry horseman is actually working and helping to teach that kind of a skill yeah. and uh, yeah that's an that's a awesome thing
1: thanks so who else do we have Emmy would you like to jump in
11: Sure. Well, hi, hi, Gary. My name's Emmy. How
0: hey. are you today? Hey, I'm good. And where are you from?
11: I'm also from Texas. But, yeah, the wow. head country. So kind of Allie and I are from similar spots. But the funny thing is we didn't really know each other until we moved out here to Montana.
0: <laughs> so you've all moved, moved. You've moved to Montana from Texas.
11: Yes. Yes, I moved out here after college. Love Texas, but I honestly followed horses out here. <laughs> we have we have some horses in Texas, but I kind of loved the idea of those mountain horses, especially the Rockies. Yeah. And so I uh, trekked on up here and first started off working at a, a guest ranch in Cody, Wyoming, um, and I loved that. However, I saw the packing culture, and I saw these people going on overnight trips and and packing all of their stuff into the woods, and that was just inspiring. um, We didn't have any of that in in Texas. And so I moved from Wyoming up here to Montana. uh, It's almost been five years now. um, And I started working for Glacier Institute, which is a nonprofit outdoor education organization. And so I was Uh leading um, youth, adults, all ages, on these really cool educational hikes through Glacier National Park. Uh, And I loved it. I loved the teaching portion of that. However, as it goes with horses, you know, I was missing that horse component. Um, And so I started working for Spotted Bear Ranch this summer, packing in clients uh, up the South Fork of the Flathead River. And it was a dream, an absolute dream to be able to ride horses every day and, and pack and be a part of that culture that inspired me years and years ago. And here we are.
0: Wow. Wow. You know, I've got to say that I have a lot of respect for you uh, folks, ladies or men, that will just pick up and move to a different part of the country just because of the passion that they have for things. I think that's just <laughs> absolutely outstanding. So congratulations mm-hmm. on that.
11: Thank you. Thank you for that.
0: You're welcome.
11: It a big old leap of faith, but it really, really worked out. <laughs>
0: Wow. Wow. So, Greg, I'm going to put it in your, your court to just call on the next lady and find out what they want to tell us.
1: Okay. Um, we'll have Savannah go next, I'm thinking.
0: All right.
9: Well, hi. How's it going?
0: Good. How are you doing?
9: Um, I can't complain. It's a nice day outside, so pretty good.
0: <laughs> good, good. And are you in Montana as well?
1: Yes, sir, I am. All right. So what inspires you about the backcountry and backcountry horsemen, Savannah?
9: Um, I'd have to say the culture and the people that do it, because there's not many people anymore who can appreciate the land in the way that you do when you work with livestock. And it's a way of thinking that people just ain't anymore. It's kind of dying out, you know. So, it's nice to be a part of that, while oh, it's still here.
0: So, how did you and get so involved with Backcountry Horsemen? How did you get involved with Backcountry Horsemen of America?
9: So, when I was younger, I used to do a lot of competitive archery, and we were at an archery shoot and there was an outdoor youth expo going on. And we were just walking around the booth between rounds. And there happened to be a backcountry horseman booth that we signed up for a summer camp with. And from there, you know, just I've been trying to go almost every single summer with the group we have out in the Bitterroot. And it's just, it's been such a joy and such an amazing experience for
12: me.
1: Wow. Wow. Mm -hmm. And Savannah is a freshman at University of Montana. And she's making the switch from being a young person coming to our camps to one of our leaders in our group.
0: Oh, that's great, Sven. That
1: mm-hmm. is
0: great. Thank you. You're welcome.
1: So, we, I think we should jump on Ebeth next and ask her what her what inspires her about backcountry and horses.
12: Yeah. Um... <clears throat> I don't know, I just it's something I really enjoy and that I'm passionate about. Um, I really uh care about keeping the trails open. So I was on a trail crew. Um I got involved with uh Greg and the Backcountry Horseman. Um, like Allie I was on a trail crew, um, for the Bob Marshall Wilderness Foundation, which is a nonprofit uh-huh. uh organization helping to conserve land and trails in the backcountry. Um and Greg packed us in, my trail crew. Um and I asked one of the people who he was working with if I could learn a few things about packing. And she said yes and gave me his number. Um, and so I texted him on the 4th of July weekend. And he said, yeah, for sure you can come help us or come learn how to pack. Um, but you have to come to Augusta, which was about 150 miles away. So on the 4th of July oh, wow. weekend, I drove over to Augusta. Um, and <laughs> it was kind of like in exchange for learning how to pack, um, I helped him and Allie uh they're building a Quonset hut. So I helped him move some arches for that, which was a which was a task. Um and so
4: um
12: yeah, the next day I learned how to pack and then we kept in contact. Um he brought me on a pack trip with Allie um towards the end of summer. Um and then this past summer um I just went on a, a few day rides with them. Um, so that's kind of how I got involved.
4: Wow.
0: Wow. Wow. The folks that are listening around the world out here today, I, I want to mention that these young ladies are all between the ages of 18 and 30. And unless somebody's had a birthday between the time that this was written. But, uh, yeah, I mean, for for people to get involved at 18 years old or 30 years old or younger is just, I think, outstanding that you have that kind of an interest in conservation uh, and to learn these types of skills. And, uh, Greg, that you're able to teach that is pretty amazing and outstanding as well. How did you get involved in Backcountry Horseman, Greg?
1: Well, you know... I used to be in my 20s like 100 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> didn't we all?
4: Yeah, didn't we all? I, I,
1: I looked in the mirror the other day, and I, and my wife was there, and I said, I don't like this getting gray, and she goes, getting?
4: <laughs>
1: and, <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, 40 years ago, the culture in the backcountry was much different than it is today. And a lot of the old people were rude and obnoxious, and you either had to suck it up or quit. And so wow. part of our purpose in the Backcountry Horseman is to change that culture. And we started ten years ago, and we made some really good progress, so that all the everyone who's young, whether they're 15 or 25, feels welcome. And if they don't feel welcome, they're not going to stick around. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so I, I, my wife and I joined because the local tax shop had a deal where you got 10% off. If you remember back horseman and it was cheaper to join Backcountry horseman <laughs> and get the discount than paying full price. And oh, you know, gosh. we loved it. We learned so much about packing so much about trails. Um, you know, back then we had no internet, so you couldn't just Google where to ride in the Bob. You had to go to meetings to get information from these old guys that, yeah. um, like had all the, all the knowledge. I'd like to get back to Ebeth for a second. She has a couple of good stories that she forgot to tell. Um, The first is, what did you see on a ride of patrol this summer? And the other is, tell a little bit about Girls in the Bob and when you saw the packing for the first time.
12: Yeah, so this summer, uh, this past summer, we went up to a uh, lookout in um, the Bob Marshall Wilderness. Um, It's called Patrol Lookout. And while we were riding up this was uh, pretty much like the side of a cliff. It was very scary um but yeah. there was um greg uh was behind me, and he said, "Look over there and um there were these three little they looked like marmots to me, um but they were not marmots, they were wolverines um so that was that was really cool and the wolverines they were like scrambling up these rocks um over there um but yeah, that was that was really cool. Allie, do you have anything to add wow. to that? You were there. I well, I saw four of them, and yeah,
10: that is an incredibly special thing for all of us to get to see. And that was that's why I'm in the wilderness because we could see like very rare things like that. And it was we all screamed a lot. It was awesome. <laughs> <laughs>
0: That when you get into the back country, and, and I'm going to tell you, I have never been in the back country, but I would imagine that when you get into the back country, you're exposed to and see things that you could never see when you're riding the trails, like I do here in Tennessee, for example. I mean, we do have bear, we do have cougar, but we don't really see very many of those. But uh, but I would say that the things that you're exposed to just have to be pretty amazing. And uh, of course I like the fact that a couple of you said horses brought you to Montana to ride back there because I'm I'm a long time horse guy. But uh I would say that kind of an experience is just absolutely amazing. Who was it that said uh, girls in the wilderness or girls in the bob? Who said that?
12: Yeah, that was me. Was that- um Elizabeth. Um, Ebeth. Um, so I the first time I saw packing was uh I think Three summers ago, Um, Uh I did another – it was only a week long. It was a trail crew uh, with uh, the Bob Marshall Wilderness Foundation. It was called Girls in the Bob, Um, and it was an all-girls trail crew. And Greg's wife actually packed us in. Um, That was the first time I had ever seen packing. Um, It opened uh, a lot of doors for me Um, since I wasn't the one having to carry in my stuff. It was the horses. Um, who can carry right. a lot more stuff than me. Um, right. And so that also kind of inspired me. Um, it just opens a lot of doors for um, people to get in the backcountry. Um, and I wanted to get involved with that. So that was really cool. Wow,
0: wow. Well, I like the name Girls in the Bob. I think that's got kind of a neat sound to it. So that is going got to be e- a pretty interesting group.
1: Ebeth e- missed part of the story there. So the next summer, <laughs> the next summer, I uh, am packing in her. She's working for the foundation, and I'm packing her in to wherever in the Bob. And we're sitting there eating lunch, and she goes, "That's Little Brown." She points to one of my horses. "That's Little Brown." Why? What are you doing with Deb's horse? And I go, "Deb's <laughs> horse? <laughs> it's my horse." And like for an entire year, she remembered that horse, and she remembered, she remembered that horse's name. And I was like, "Wow, that's oh, impressive." Wow, well. wow.
0: Well, well. Well, she's a horse girl, I can tell. A horse girl, but I can <laughs> tell.
1: E you can tell what you're doing for um college. Where, where you're at at college?
12: Oh, sorry about that. Um, I am right now I'm at the um Colorado College in Colorado Springs. Um and okay, so last summer with uh the on my trail crew, um with the Bob Marshall Foundation I um, picked up a book called The Roadside Geology of Montana, um, and I started reading it, and it was kind of, it was a little bit textbook-ish. My other crewmates were kind of poking fun at me for reading it, Um, but I found it really (laughs) interesting, and so here, I think I um, am going to study geology, Um, so that's kind of my route, yeah. Wow.
0: Wow. Wow, that is great. That is great. So, Colorado Springs for you. That is a cool yeah. deal. <clears throat> so now, Van, are you the one that's going to school at the University of Montana? Was it the University of Montana that you're at school?
9: Yes, sir. <coughs> Excuse me. Yes. Yeah. Mhm.
0: And and what will you be majoring in there? Or have you decided yet?
9: Oh boy, the my problem <laughs> is that I have this horrible <laughs> hobby where I love to learn. <laughs> And so I have eight different majors in mind. So oh my I just put down Parks and Rec. And so, I mean, it's a great major. We went to – we took a field trip to Glacier the first two weeks of class. So, I mean, I, I'm i loving it. But, yeah, it's pretty cool. Well,
0: I expect your parents are pretty excited about the fact that she'll be in school for the next 16 years. <laughs>
9: Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, they're not too bothered because they're not the ones paying for it, so. <laughs> okay, okay.
0: Oh, <laughs> uh, gosh. That's funny. Mm. That's funny. Hey, I want to get the song and then come back and talk more with these young ladies and with Greg. You're listening to Saddle Up America on the Equestrian Legacy Radio Network, heard around the world on iHeartRadio, Spotify, Apple Podcast and most other streaming platforms. Just search for Equestrian Legacy Radio. The song is Montana Wind and we played that just in honor of you folks out there today. So anyway, Thank great you. song. Good awesome friend, breath. good friend. <laughs> well, it's a great song, talented lady. So um, Greg, if people want to get involved with Backcountry Horsemen of America's youth program, I know bcha.org is the website. But how can how can they do that, and when can they get started into the youth program? They can start From today. What ages? Okay.
1: Um, any you know it just varies. There's 220 chapters, backcountry horsemen chapters throughout the United States, and every chapter does it differently. Um, I've done packing demonstrations for demonstrations for five year olds on up to old people, and so um, it, there are often activities families can get involved in. Um, and it's okay if a family only has time to join one or two activities a year. Um, It's just something to get those kids excited, and whether they do it as a family or by the time they're 12 or 13 in Montana here, we have a summer camp the kids can come on, and then they can come all the way up to when they're 18 years old, and then we transform them into leaders. Um, There are many other camps in Montana that backcountry horsemen are tied in with, and so besides their own specific camp, we'll go to packing up de- like full day packing demonstrations at probably a half a dozen other camps in Montana. Okay. And so the place to start is org. Um Look up your state organization, which should get you to a local chapter in your neighborhood. Um, and there are tons of opportunities. If you can't find what you're looking for, there's an information button on there. You can um, send an email to you should be able to find a youth connect, like um Like, I'm a youth chair, and my email's on there. Shoot me an email if you're having trouble finding what you're looking for. Um, And so we I don't remember nationwide how many projects we did last year that involved youth specifically, but it was maybe 40 to 50, and it was states everywhere from the east coast to the west coast, from Montana down to the south New Mexico country. And so wow. we're covering it, the entire country pretty good.
0: So now, Emmy, Emmy I'm going to get this. My tongue is twisted <laughs> right now. Emmy and Allie are both are both leaders. So now, uh, Emmy, what, what role do you take with Backcountry Horsemen and with the youth program?
11: Yeah, I first got involved. So Allie kind of recruited me um, when I first moved up here as Texas gals kind of together you know yeah um, but we're uh yeah her and i have been helping out a lot with the youth programs and so allie has a lot of the brains um <laughs> and so we'll kind of tag tag team on i i would say just with my education experience so working for glacier institute i have a lot of outdoor education experience and so that's kind of where my niche is Um, is educating people all different ages. And so my role is to kind of just help incorporate youth and adults and education and horses all together because they don't have to be these separate entities. Um, So to kind of blend all of those together and, and help people of all ages make connections either to their horse or to the land or to other people.
0: All right. And Allie, since you're the brains, how do you fit into all of this?
10: So I like to say that I am tech support for Greg
4: a lot of <laughs> <Yeah>. times. <laughs> <I>, uh... <laughs> you really <laughs> are the brains, it's like, it's, yeah. The yeah.
10: Yeah.
4: <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
10: I um I do a lot of fixing things that you know if there's some sort of issue. I like I've done a lot of helping build some of the website. And on the Backcountry Horsemen Horsemen of Montana page, there's a youth page on there now that I've helped build. And part of that is just me wanting to increase the accessibility for information to everyone. And then um, just wrangling the naysayers is my other hobby, I love going into that country horse event, and if anyone has any complaints, I like to be able to smooth those things out, and uh, that's been a big part of my involvement is like, yeah, just making sure that the culture is inviting and warm and open for everyone, and that's what I really like to do.
4: All right,
0: all right. Well, it sounds like you've got a great program in place, Greg, and uh, and we're going to encourage people to, uh, that are listening to be sure that you talk to the young folks maybe in your family or that you know and have them check out bcha.org and uh, and get involved. There's nothing like being in the outdoors today and away from your telephone and computers and, uh, and enjoying nature and helping to kind of keep these trails cleaned up. And, uh, you know, I'd, I'd kind of like to learn how to pack myself, you know. I may have to
1: come out to <laughs> one of your to, classes. You'll have to come out. Savannah That's right. would like to jump in and mention a couple of things. Well, all right, Savannah. I just
9: wanted to mention, hi, that um you don't need equipment or horses to join because I live on two and a half acres, and I get to go over to Smoke's Barn in the Bitterroot and pack horses with him. Because it's expensive oh, wow. to own, and so it makes it a lot easier for people to join, too, which I appreciate.
0: Well, now when you said smoke, are you talking about smoke elser? Yes, sir. You are, that is impressive. You're learning from the best, right there. Mhm. One of my You're favorite things from- that he talks about is the
9: push of the land. And I feel like that's a very valuable concept that should be taught to more people, whether you're young or old, you know, it's just one of those things that teaches you to respect yourself and others and the environment around you.
0: Well, you have a talented uh, group of young ladies that you're involved with here, Greg, and uh, you should be proud of each and every one of them.
1: Oh, I am, and they are doing a great job. And I'm just like the old guy who's like the figurehead. They do all the work. (laughs) (laughs) My my, my favorite thing, so I happen to have a bunch of pack horses. My favorite thing is to show up, and they show up, and they do all the packing, all the work, and everything, and we get on and ride, and they unload everything, and I don't touch a thing. (laughs)
0: <laughs> oh, that's pretty cool. And, you know, we mention this quite often, but they do have some pretty good food at some of these Backcountry Horsemen events as well. So any good cooks in the bunch?
9: I think Nobody's I have to, to go to Allie. mm-hmm. oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Allie's. Allie's really so, a camp cook over here. Yeah, one of the uh, roles
10: that I have is the camp chef, and the kids called me chef. Two years in a row now, I think, and um, yeah, I enjoy it a lot. It's a lot of, I get to teach the things that we can pack into the backcountry, because we don't want to be taking 50 oranges and, you know, bottles of orange juice, and yeah, I like to teach kind of some of the backcountry cooking skills, but then also I'll make pancakes and do things like that, so I really
8: enjoy it.
0: Oh, that's great. That is great. Well, I've always heard there's some great food when you're associated with BCHA, so that's a that's a cool thing. But that's just another enticement to get involved, folks, <laughs> is,
4: uh, is
0: they eat well. Well, listen, you all have been great. Thank you for taking the time to be with us and to, to uh, explain some things for us. Get involved with the youth program. Uh, get involved with BCHA if you're not a youth and uh and get out and help keep these trails open and available for all the people to enjoy thank you guys We appreciate you being with us today
11: thank you so much gary thank
0: you so much gary. all right come back and be with us that'd be a lot of fun be a lot of fun to have you guys come back all yep, right thanks. we're gonna listen to uh mr dave stamy where have all the horses gone and we'll be back in just a moment on saddle up america
2: Just sundown puts the sky ablaze. Horses turning round, firing their eyes. And the night winds come and carry them away. In a fitful sweepy he the horses run the breaks that climb above the river a gray mist is rising and he sees it come he cries out but it swallows them complete well Starlight in the dawn, where have all his
4: forces gone.
2: Through wind-scoured deserts, across yellow rocks, he dragged them toward the trap in the canyon. Scarred their hearts In his mind he still sees them run Where have all his is gone Wild as the coat skies And like light starlight Oh, his voice is gone He crosses the kitchen On old slippered feet A lamp burns dim
0: Where Have All the Horses Gone? Well, thanks for joining us today for Equestrian Legacy Radio's Campfire Cafe in Saddle Up America. A lot of fun visiting with Ryan Fritz today and uh, listening to his great new album, Ranch Folk at at Large. Be sure and visit his website, ryanfritz.com, and pick up his great music and find out where he'll be touring as well. And then so much fun talking with the folks with Backcountry Horsemen of America. Those young ladies are pretty sharp, and uh, we encourage you to get involved with BCHA and get involved with the youth program as well. BCHA.org is where you can find all the information on that. We've got a great show coming up on Saturday on Live from Nashville. That airs at noon Central Standard Time. And we invite you to come back and join us next Thursday, beginning at noon, for the Campfire Cafe and Saddle Up America. And all of our shows are available on iHeartRadio, Spotify, Apple Podcast, most other streaming platforms. Just search for Equestrian Legacy Radio. I think we've got over 800 shows now that you can go back and listen to. and uh, And they're all a lot of fun. Well, thanks for joining us. We're going to close out the show today with a great song by Miss Helene Cronin. It's called The Last Cowboy. Thanks for listening.
7: Cowboy build me a shelter in Colorado. When the aspens shake the mountains down for gold. Wrap your warmest blanket around my shoulders like the rocky foothills where the smell of smoke. With constellations, our only companions, I'll give in to you like fall gives in to winter's white. Abandoned You